This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. You know, and we, this series is looking at the evidence of transformation because we really believe in this stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but like, we really believe this stuff works. And when we say this stuff, we mean uh, the Jesus stuff, the gospel stuff, the, the God stuff. We really believe that actually God in our lives can bring transformation and change to our lives and transformation and change to the world around us, that there's evidence of this transformation. Here's what Scripture says, Ephesians 4 verse 2. Be complete. Sometimes when you read Scripture, you're like, this is a big task. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love, exhorts the Apostle Paul. How about this one? That was Ephesians 4 verse 2. Shall I read it again because it wasn't on the screen? Ephesians 4 verse 2. Are we there? Yes. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, exhorts the Apostle Paul in 4 verse 2. Colossians 3 verse 12. I don't know uh, what you think about when you get dressed in the morning. Oftentimes for me, uh, my wife chooses what I wear. And uh, so I don't know how you approach, how you approach fashion or how you approach uh, choosing what you're going to wear on any particular day. But here's what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 3 verse 12. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And remember, this is our key scripture for this series. Remember, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. The fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of transformation, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In a world obsessed with power, let's consider the transformative nature of gentleness. Today, that's what we're going to focus on. In this world obsessed with power, obsessed with one-up on the next door neighbors or one up on the nation next door or one up on the people around us in a world obsessed with power and being better than everybody else. Let's consider the transformative nature of gentleness. So what, what is gentleness? Like we'd all have our own definition of what gentleness is. Let's maybe consider what it's not. Here's what I want to propose this morning, what gentleness is not. Gentleness is not weakness. It's not being soft. <laughs> gentleness, is not being, uh, gentleness is not being a doormat. Gentleness is not being a doormat. It's not being feeble or soft. And some people have this image, not just of gentleness, but of Christianity, that it's just for weak people or just weak-minded people or, or people who need a crutch in life or wherever it might be. Now, can I tell you, I think I do need a crutch in life. Like, I think I do need a savior. I think I do need help. I don't think I've got it all together. But even if that's not true, actually, gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is not being a doormat. It's not being feeble or soft. Gentleness is. One of the words in, in Scripture that kind of um, correlates with gentleness is meekness. And meekness means gentle strength. So that's the first thing I want to propose to us this morning. When we consider this idea of gentleness, the Apostle Paul says, be completely humble and gentle. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness. And the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence and transformation, includes gentleness. So I've mentioned briefly what it's not, and now we're going to focus on what it is. And gentleness is strength. Gentleness is compared to this word meekness. And again, meekness gives us these images 
of like people of faith or Christians who are uh, feeble and weak and weak-minded. But actually, meekness means a gentle strength. And I want to tell you uh, about a hero of mine, a lady called uh, Mary. And her picture's going to go up on the screen. And uh, a few years ago, when I moved uh, to Burnley, one of the projects that I got involved in as we got involved in as a church uh, was street pastors. And uh, Mary was, uh, we think, Britain's oldest uh, street pastor. And the Daily Mail ran a story about Mary, and they dubbed her the Mother Teresa of Lancashire. Mary um, was um, five, five foot tall. She worked as a nurse in World War II, five grandchildren. And this is what she said about her uh, street pastor experience. She said, I love every minute of my role. And we are well received on the streets by all the pub and club goers. My five grandchildren said it was too dangerous to be on the streets at that time of night. But I've never been frightened. And many of the people we meet tell them that I remind them of their grandmothers. She added, the police say that they couldn't do what they do because we go out as friends rather than as an authority figure with armor. We are meeting people and talking to punters, bar managers and doormen all night. And I've always got a little stash of jelly babies to keep me going, as you can see. I can only recall a couple of unpleasant arguments between people when they come out of the pubs. I will go over and hand out some chocolate and jelly babies and start chatting to them. And by the time they leave, they've calmed down. And the good news is they've probably forgotten what they were arguing about. I sometimes bump into my grandchildren in the early hours. And they tell me off saying I should be at home in bed at that time. But I think they know now that I'm independent enough to handle it. I remember one particular night being on the streets, the mean streets of Burnley, uh, late at night, maybe at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, in our street pastor's uniforms. And there was a bit of a, a fight kicking off. There was two uh, men, a father and a son. The son had just returned uh, from military service somewhere. And who knows how the argument began. Two in the morning, they'd had too much to drink. There was a crowd of men, but in the middle of the crowd of men was a father and son, head to head, no police around. There's me and there's Mary. There's one of the street pastor. I'm thinking, well, I'm, I I'm the, the young guy here. I should probably step into this. And uh, what am I going to do? I have no idea what I'm going to do in this moment. Well, what was beautiful in this moment was Mary confronted this conflict. You know, she confronted this potential volcano, eruption of violence that was about to unfold that would lead to arrests and lead to who knows what in that moment. And she walked into the middle as these two men are head to head, nose to nose, you know, about to, about to uh, uh, you know, have violence in the middle of Berlin Sunset. She approached in the middle with her bag of jelly babies <laughs> and just simply said, would you like a jelly baby? Now, who can say no to that? <laughs> Who's going to say no to that moment? And guess what happened? It diffused all the violence. Because what, what do we learn, as Matt said before, when we, talk, when we think about history, what do we learn from history? That violence, actually, uh, violence is never the solution to violence. <laughs> you know, that, that's the way that Jesus offers us, that violence is never uh, the solution to violence. And, and I'm not saying that jelly babies is the answer to all <laughs> violent conflicts around the world. But what I loved in that moment was it was like gentleness walked into the room. And it was like violence laid down their arms and came face to face with gentleness, with meekness, with a gentle strength. And they looked this lady in the eye, this gentle but strong lady. You know, so she was small, five foot. She was 87 years old. And she approached them with a gentleness, but she disarmed them. She disempowered their violence. And they turned the other way. Violence 
didn't happen in that moment. Those two men, the heat was taken out of the moment. uh, And something stronger walked into the room, which I think we can call meekness, a gentle strength. So gentleness is meekness, gentle strength, controlled power, a focused courage. Gentleness is nurturing. What else is gentleness? So it's not weakness. It's not being a doormat. It's not feebleness. Gentleness is strength. Gentleness is nurturing. This is how I believe God looks at us as children whom he adores. You know, I I love baby dedications too. I love those moments where we celebrate a young life. We celebrate a gift and we recognize that child as a gift. And any parent would want the best for their children. And any parent would celebrate every little moment of progress. And I say the best way to approach parenting, or the best way to approach anything where you want to grow something, where you want to grow and develop something, is to nurture it. And that's what I believe God does with us. That's what I believe that God sees us as. He's not mad at us. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that God is wagging his finger Actually, I believe that God is gentle and kind with us, and he nurtures us. And that's what this spirit of gentleness does. Actually, it gives us this nurturing attitude towards, towards ourselves and towards other people. So gentleness is strength. Gentleness is nurturing. Gentleness is a way of talking. Now, we're talking about in this series about transformation. That means that once upon a time, maybe I approached life in this way. Maybe once upon a time, the fruit of my life uh, were these kind of things. But because of what the Holy Spirit did in my life, now there's a different uh, output. There's different fruit. There's something different coming out of my life. If you are a human being in this room, if you've ever spoken at all in your life, then I'm sure at some point in in your life, harshness has come out. Why? Because that's part of the human condition. You know, we lose our temper or we're short-tempered or we grow impatient or whatever it might be. But here's what Scripture says, Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, do you ever find yourself talking harshly? Maybe particularly to the people that you care the most about. That, that's a, that's a, it's, it's a bizarre um, moment, isn't it, in a life that actually the people we care about the most, we seem to reserve the most harshness for. But Scripture says it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> scripture says that actually there can be transformation. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. I love that moment. Mary walks in with her jelly babies. And where there's violence and, and where there's enmity and where there's a, a volcano about to erupt, meekness walks into the room and gentleness walks into the room. And that gentleness turned away wrath. It turned away anger. And that can be, that can be our story. In a moment, uh, in a few moments' time, we're, we're going we're gonna to pray for the Holy Spirit to do some transformation within our heart. Because this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it might be today that our simple thing is that my life is just full of harsh, harshness. I seem to reserve the harshest words for the ones that are closest to me. And actually, your story doesn't have to be like that. That doesn't have to be the way that it is. Gentleness is a way of talking. Gentleness is wisdom. Gentleness is wisdom. Wisdom in how we deal with other people. In uh, Galatians 6 verse 1. 
So this is the, this is the, the book that this whole series is from, Evidence of Transformation. Galatians 6 verse 1, it's not on the screen, but Galatians 6 verse 1 talks about how Christian brothers and sisters should talk to each other uh, when, when one of them uh, is struggling. So if there's somebody in this room who maybe, maybe there's an issue or maybe there's a struggle or maybe there's an issue that they're struggling with in their own life, the Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 1 that we should be gentle in the way we approach them. That actually wisdom says be gentle with them, not harsh with them. But we should approach each other with gentleness. Shall I read the scripture? Galatians 6 verse 1. Sorry, it's not on the screen. But I didn't ask the guys at the back to do that, so don't worry, guys at the back. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. I love that. So some of us, some, I'm not saying anybody in this room, but some of us some maybe sometimes feel the temptation to play the God character for other people, judge and jury, you know, for other people. But actually, Galatians 6 verse 1 says, hey, if someone else is struggling with something in the room or in the community that you're a part of, then restore them gently. Wisdom is Gentle, sorry, yeah, gentleness is wisdom in how we deal with, with other people. In 1 Timothy 3, it talks about leaders, leaders within the community, that they should um, lead with gentleness and not violence. Now, we buy into that here, you know, that as leaders, we don't want to lead this community violently. But I love that idea that we can lead in a different way to maybe the empires around us, that the systems around us lead, that we lead with gentleness. And also with wisdom, in sharing our faith. This scripture will be on the screen. But there's wisdom in how we can share our faith. If, if in this room you're a person of faith, I'd imagine you might have a passion to share your faith with other people. Other people that you know, friends and family and work colleagues, people around you. And maybe people that you don't know. Maybe you have a faith that's so, um, so big in your life that you just think, I can't hold on to this myself. I want to share this with other people around me. Here's what scripture says in 1 Peter 3.15, that we should share faith with gentleness and respect. Always prepare to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So gentleness is actually wisdom. It's wisdom for life. It's wisdom for how we approach relationships with each other. And it's wisdom for how we share our faith with other people. I was watching a video on Facebook this week, and some of you are saying, that was your first mistake. <laughs> watching videos that go viral on social media. Well, I was watching a video this week on Facebook of a street preacher. And this is not to condemn all street preachers. And this is not to say that all street preachers are bad or wrong or that we shouldn't be doing that. But this particular street preacher, it was almost like he was trying to prove a point that I am a faithful witness and my job is to speak the truth and it's everyone else's job to decide how it's received. My job is just to say the stuff. He's obviously not read 1 Peter 3.15, which says that when we share our faith, we do it with gentleness and respect. I love that, and that really helps me as, as a guide for what the evidence of transformation looks like. It doesn't look like arrogance. It doesn't, it doesn't look like, actually, I'm just going to shout at the top of my voice uh, because that's what I've been asked to do, and then you do with the message whatever you want to do. No, actually, I'm going to approach other people as people who are loved by God. I'm going to approach them with gentleness and respect. So wisdom is strength. Wisdom is nurturing. Wisdom is a way of talking. 
And wisdom, gentleness gives us wisdom for how we deal with each other, how we talk to each other, and how we share our faith with other people. When I was first preparing um, this message and thinking about the idea of gentleness, this, this phrase came to my mind, that we need to be careful with what we carry. Now, all of us in, lives, in life, we're given things, we're given responsibilities, we're given relationships, we're given tasks to do. And I just wanted to give us a word of warning that when we think of gentleness, that we need to be careful with what we carry. Don't crush what God has given you to nurture. Don't crush what God has given you to nurture. Now, what do I, what do I mean by that practically? For me, this is a word of, of wisdom or a word of warning when we think about gentleness. That God is gentle, the Holy Spirit is gentle. And we'll see in a moment uh, in the life of Jesus how he approached people with gentleness. What has God given you? Maybe just in your mind now you could think about, you could picture what has God put in your hand? Maybe it's relationships, maybe it's the people around you. Maybe God's put you in a family and you're conscious of that today, of the people that I'm sat with, the people I'm sat around. You know, God has given me them or, or the job that you have, the, the authority or the responsibility that you carry in your workplace or the place that you live or just maybe in your mind you could picture something that God has given you. Now, God gave you that to nurture. Gentleness, wisdom would say, don't crush. That means don't hold it too closely or don't be too harsh with it. Don't crush what God has given you to nurture. The original, uh, the original commandment, the great commandment we might be aware of is Jesus says, um, love, love God and love each other. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But the, the first thing God instituted for humanity was to care for the creation, to be stewards of the creation. Don't crush what God has given you to nurture. I said our job on the planet was to be like a gardener, a nur- someone who nurtured the garden, you know, someone who helped it to grow and to develop. Now, that's kind of the first thing God tasked humanity to do. And if you look at the world around us, then I think we could say we've struggled. (laughs) Actually, we've crushed what God has given us to nurture. So can I encourage you with that? First of all, to think about the world around us, the created world around us. God has given us that not to crush, not to dominate, but to steward, to nurture, to grow. And then the people around us, Jesus said, doesn't he? Love God and love each other. Now, the next thing that happens is that humanity is in this garden, and now they're giving each other. They're they're in harmony with God. They're in harmony with the created order, and they're in harmony with each other. Humanity starts in harmony. It's a beautiful picture. And actually, that's the task we've been given as well, not to crush those around us with our words, with our harshness, but actually to nurture those around us. Gentleness is wisdom. And here's the, here's the Jesus example. Jesus is my hero. I don't, know, I don't know about you. But for the last maybe 20 years of my life, that's, that's kind of been my, I guess, my approach to life. Jesus is my hero. I remember being at college. And um, first of all, I looked like Jesus, if you've ever seen the pictures. And uh, so maybe I took, I took it too far. But um, I also used to wear this college bag. And on my college bag, I'd written the words, Jesus is my hero. So that anybody who's behind me, I don't really know why I did it. But I remember it was like a statement. A statement that I want to make that Jesus is my role model. He is my hero. He's my savior. He is the God of the universe. But Jesus is my hero. He's my leader in life. He is my role model. He's my model of manhood. 
He's not just my Lord and Savior, which he is, but he's also my model of manhood. And here's uh, what Jesus says in Scripture. This, this is Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 uh, to 30. Matthew chapter 11. And uh, as Matt said before, uh, when he quoted from John, Jesus is the revelation of God. If you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. And this is Jesus revealing the Father. This is Jesus revealing God. Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now, this is the key bit I really want us to, really want to impact us this morning. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We're going to come back to that scripture in a moment. Jesus is the true revelation of God. And in this moment, Jesus is saying to his closest followers, to his disciples, and actually he's saying to each one of us today, if you are weary and burdened, if, if life is overwhelming, you can come to me. And here's my approach. I am gentle and humble in heart. That's the God of the universe, you know. Again, quoted from John before where John says that it's Jesus that made, all things were made through him and for him. Uh, Jesus holds the universe together. But here in Matthew, he's saying, my approach to you is gentleness and humility. You can come to me and what I will bring to you is gentleness and humility. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.